Google or Alphabet stock reported stronger than expected second quarter results. And it's particularly surprising when you consider Snapchat, which reported their second quarter results, which were a disaster. Stock dropped 40%. And they were saying, yeah, we're going to grow at around 13%. Here it is, Alphabet growing at a comparable rate. The stock is rebounding, recovering after hours, up 5% versus the 40% drop for Snapchat. And so looking at the results, they were stronger than I personally expected. They may have missed, let's say, Wall Street's expectations, but still like this is quite solid looking at 13% revenue growth versus 62% last year. They did have a bit of a headwind from currency, which, you know, otherwise, if the US dollar hadn't appreciated so much, they would have been up 16%. Their profitability was effectively flat year over year on a core operating profit basis. So their margin did decline because revenue went up, but profits effectively stayed flat. If you look at it on an earnings per share basis, they were down, but that's largely because of equity, one-time equity gains that they reported last year, you know, with the bubblicious stock market last year. Diving into the individual business lines that sort of drove this quarter, you know, what drove the stronger than expected results, their Google search and other which really comes down to this sort of dichotomy that you're seeing in the advertising space, the ad tech space, which is that you have branded campaigns, which is predominantly companies, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, um, we are saying, hey, we need space to sort of let you know about our brand. And then you have other types of advertising, which is much more targeted, focused on return on investment. Hey, can we actually track these ad dollars that are being spent to actual purchases being made? And that's where Google search really shines because people look for particular things. And then Google's like, yeah, here's a relevant ad. And it's very targeted, very relevant and very high return on investment. And so that's why, you know, interesting to see here it is Snapchat growing at 13%. And Google multiples the size growing at a similar rate, which just reflects that Google search and their owned properties is just a fantastic business an unrivaled business still growing at 13% despite 40 billion in revenue for their owned properties, you know, in the quarter, just incredible. Now the broader market ad market, which is more campaign driven, you know, letting that brand, you know, awareness dollars, you know, get spent by the various different you know, advertisers that was, you know, sort of reflected in their other advertising, you know, segments like YouTube ads and Google network, which did see a bit slower 4.8% for YouTube and, you know, 9% for their Google network, you know, driven off of AdSense. but combined, you know, when you look at the Google search and their own properties combined, you're looking at around 12% growth. So it, it is worth understanding. Okay. So the, the properties that, generate, let's say more advertising tied to brand awareness versus an individual transaction braces. It's the brand awareness advertising, you know, companies where it's like, Hey, we're just, we're, we're selling space. We're selling space for you to become aware of a, of a, of a company in this environment with when a consumer is increasingly being squeezed from a cost pressure perspective because of inflation, those branded campaigns, that's going to come under pressure. And you're seeing that with things like YouTube ads and the Google network and seeing it with folks like Snapchat, you know, and, and Twitter, where you're seeing generally advertising revenue come under pressure. Google search though, continues to have a high return on investment for the advertisers. So you're still seeing the money get spent there, which reflects that it is quite valuable. 
And then looking at Google other, that's primarily the Google Play Store. That's my impression as well as let's say, you know, physical device sales like the Google Pixel. That was actually down, but primarily because they lowered the fees on the Google Play Store as sort of an anti-monopolistic you know, response to the fact that the DOJ's sort of looking into them. Uh, so overall business core Google services growing around 10% when you factor all this in. Then when you layer in the Google Cloud, which still isn't profitable, that grew 35%. So very strong growth reflecting that they are growing in line or actually taking market share, which is quite good. You know, 35%, it's still a lot smaller than let's say what you see with Amazon or Microsoft, Microsoft Azure, but still growing at a very good clip. So looking at these different components, that's the reason why Google was up 13% in the most recent quarter in terms of revenue growth. It's interesting looking at their Google you know, effectively their Google search business delivering strong, stronger than expected results, primarily driven by both travel and retail. Honestly, this was really shocking for me that the commentary about stronger than expected retail. I mean, travel, they were talking about how summer, you know, summer searches were, were up 2x globally year over year and searches for last minute hotel deals were up 50%. So that clearly was a nice tailwind. But for them to call out retail in this environment as a, you know, effectively a good position for them. When you see, you know, earlier today, I did a video about how there's a, you know, a stink storm looking at Walmart and Shopify, you know, each coming under pressure because of the broader retail environment where the consumer doesn't have that much money. And so here it is, Google's able to squeeze that that last dollar bill out of the consumer wallet. They're helping them spend it. You know, they're they're like grabbing it out. Oh, you you want to do that last minute hotel deal? Yep. We're, we're going to help you find that, that last little bit of money being spent. And so it's just amazing what an exceptional company Google continues to be. And so that is something that I, I want to reflect on, you know, in my own personal investment journey. I do own Alphabet stock, a very tiny position. And so looking at it, you know, it's one of the items that I think I misread in the last you know few weeks was their commentary about you know, effectively pausing hiring, which also sounded like there, there would be layoffs based on the language from Sundar Pichai, you know, from his letter. But I think part of that's just the fact that they've grown their employee base so much faster than revenue so far this year. We're talking about, you know, 20%, you know, plus growth in revenues from 140, excuse me, 20% plus growth from employees from 144,000 employees to 174,000. So solid 30,000 you know, member growth, which is just insane year over year, the company of this size still growing that quickly. Um, but that did outpace their revenue. So that's sort of like, this is the reason why it's pausing. It's not an end of the world. It's not a, hey, we're seeing dramatic slowdown across the board. This is a, hey, we just want to make sure we're going at a good pace. Now, it is worth, you know, understanding that because of that, because of them sort of hiring in anticipation of future revenue growth that hasn't yet happened, their operating profit is flat you know, effectively 19.4 billion last year, 19.45 billion this year. So really flat year over year. Now, if you look at it, you know, based on the individual business lines, you do see an uptick in sort of losses from Google Cloud. Uh, you know, there are other bets initiatives still, you know, burning several billion dollars a year. Um, so overall translating into around, you know, flat year over year, not really increasing, reflecting that margins, you know, did effectively go lower as they're investing in the business. So the question is, where does Google go from here? First, quickly, if you're looking for compelling investment ideas or want to take charge of your investment journey, consider Unrivaled Investing. 
Google.com. My thoughts with Google and broadly with investing right now is I keep thinking about the 70s where, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, higher than expected inflation and a Federal Reserve that's saying, hey, you know, we, we need to tackle it. And this sort of trade off of like, well, how serious are we going to be about tackling it? And that will have a big sort of impact on how, how the stock market does. You know, how serious is Jerome Powell about getting, let's say, inflation back to 2%? Or will there be sort of this compromise and say, hey, you know, maybe 4% is the new normal. Um, and if you have that sort of public announcement by the Fed, maybe you do get things to rally significantly. But if you have a Federal Reserve that is hellbent on breaking the back of inflation, then this is going to continue to create real challenges for the economy. And so I look at Google and I'm saying this is clearly one of the best businesses in the world that still manages to squeak out, you know, the growth rates that are better than than, let's say, much smaller businesses, you know, managing to take that last dollar out of the consumer wallet, you know, as they're feeling the pinch. And so I'm thinking like I'm just cautious looking at it here. I'm just I'm still concerned because I, I go back to the 1970s and I think a lot of these advertising companies traded at low single digit multiples during the downturn. And I don't think we've seen that economic downturn yet. I think we've started to feel the pinch, but I, I think I think equity valuations have come under pressure because of higher interest rates. But we haven't seen that second leg yet which is driven by lower earnings. And for example, Walmart, as I talked about earlier today, talking about guiding down to a 10% decline in earnings. I think that second leg in the stock market, and then which also trickles into advertising, is when these businesses start facing that tighter cost of capital, you know, that with with higher interest rates, that that effectively loss of their business, tighter revenue, where it's, it does make it even tougher for Google. So we'll see. I mean, let's let's think about this valuation, though, like quick back of the envelope in the last, you know, tr 12 months, they generated around 65 billion in free cash flow and around 140. They have around 140 billion net of cash and investment. So let's just, you know, like think about that. Like this is before, you know, actually showing something like what would you think about if you had a business, if you could buy a business, if you had unlimited cash and you could buy a business for 65 that has 65 billion in free cash flow on an annual basis. And that's growing at let's say like 10%, maybe a little bit more than 10% over time. What what do you think that you'd be willing to pay for that? And so I personally want to be conservative. So I'll say, okay, you know, let's say 20 times free cash flow for 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 this business. So, you know, 20 times 65 billion, that's like $1.3 trillion. So then let's layer on because that 20 times effectively means that you're getting a 5% yield if management, you know, takes all that free cash flow and they're they're buying back stock. So you get a 5% yield, plus you get the sort of organic growth. And it's going to be, look, this company is so big. It's going to be tough for them to continue generating, let's say, teens growth rates going forward. I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's the, the reality of it. It's possible. It's possible that they do it. But like, let's think about that. So you're getting 5% from free cash flow plus organic growth of maybe high single digits, maybe teens rate. So thinking 1.3 billion for core Google services, which includes YouTube and all other properties, um, AdSense, also has that Department of Justice risk. And then you have these sort of cash and other investments. And then, you know what, because I'm a value investor, I want to get all their unprofitable operations for free. I want to get Google Cloud for free because that's unprofitable. I want to get all their crazy, amazing, you know, artificial intelligence stuff for free. 
Um, that's that's what I think a deep value investor would say. And so thinking about that, okay, so $1.3 billion for their Google services that are profitable right now, then throw in the cash and then say, hey, I want everything else for free. I want Waymo for free. And the reality is when you start thinking it that way, that's pretty much where it trades. It trades just slightly under that sort of mindset right now because that would imply around a $1.5 trillion market cap. And that's kind of where you are right now. The stock's around 110 following this earnings release. And so thinking about this, where does the stock go from here? Obviously, a lot depends on you know future growth, future sentiment as well. But I'm thinking about Google services. Google services alone could be worth you know, the existing market cap. And then you throw in all these other components like Google Cloud, which they do need to prove their profitability. They are nowhere near it versus, let's say, you know, Amazon's, you know, AWS, which is immensely profitable, 30% margins. Here it is, is significantly unprofitable. Other bets, you know, I'm saying 10 to $30 billion. This might be just ridiculously low. You know, well, let's see how that plays out. Throw in the 140 billion in net cash and investments. Then think about the cash that's going to get returned to shareholders over time, which is currently around, let's say, four or five percent a year, um, you know, in terms of buying back stocks. So what you're talking about is, let's say, high single digit to potentially mid 20s percent annualized return, you know, depending on sort of how this sort of plays out, the multiples one assumes the growth rate, you know, one assumes for these various different segments. I, I share the detailed, you know, Google valuation sheet for my Unravel Investing subscribers, but here's sort of the output in the summary of it. And so overall, I look at this and I'm saying, yeah, it's really not bad. I mean, it's it's really quite, quite reasonable. And I think maybe I'm being overly cautious here and not putting on a bigger position with Google because, you know, I, I you know, was more inclined to trim it. I was more inclined to say, hey, time to time to sell just because you have these pressures, these big macroeconomic pressures, like uh, the fact that the consumer is getting pinched and the fact that if you do have an economic downturn, how is Google, which is predominantly an advertising business, going to hold up? So I'm, I'm struggling here. Like I'm trying to figure out, you know, is it did, did Google sort of just is this the last good quarter before you see a broader economic downturn where, you know, Google does, you know, slow down and the valuation gets further pinched? You know, so that, that's sort of the concern, because the reality is looking at the macro, the Federal Reserve is still tightening that path of tightening and addressing inflation. That is still very much happening. And eventually, you know, the, 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 it's all about betting and probabilities. And it's something like 90% of the time, it's, it's more than 90% of the time, when you've had a setup like we're currently facing, which is low unemployment and high inflation, I don't think there's a historical precedent where the Federal Reserve didn't throw the economy in the gutter. So if you're using sort of base rates saying, well, Historically, there's not a lot of great examples where things worked out okay. I'm saying to myself, well, probabilistically, it would make me think you're going to see that second leg down. You're going to see that situation where, yeah, the, U the U.S., let's say the S&P 500 down 20% so far, you know, fr from its peak. That was primarily from the fact that 10-year treasury went from, let's say, 1.5% to 3%. But if you layer in the fact that maybe underlying earnings start coming under pressure and they're not going to grow. Maybe Google's one of the outliers. And eventually, because it's the outlier, it catches up to Google. If that eventually happens, then maybe you see the second layer. So maybe, I, you know, and that's why I'd love to hear your feedback. If you think I'm being too conservative, sort of saying, you know what, ah, I just want to, I think I could get a better deal. 
because I'm reminded once again, 1970s, you see that higher inflation, you see stocks in 1974 as the Federal Reserve responds to that uptick inflation, resulting in a complete market wipeout, resulting in crazy cheap valuations. So I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, it's Google is very fairly valued. I just still suspect that you can get and might get a much cheaper valuation in the future. Um, so that's part of the reason why I'm not, you know, because I, I, my personal approach is I like to make, you know, fairly big bets when I find things of compelling value. And I call that out to unrivaled investing subscribers. So I have a lot of teaser positions where I go, oh, you know, I'll track this. Oh, you know, we'll see. But when it's something where it's like, oh, I really think that this has 200, 300% upside over time, that's when I want to make it, you know, five, 10% of my portfolio, maybe more. And then say, hey, I'm just going to sit on it. And so I'm struggling here looking at Google because I'm saying to myself, you know, I, I'm looking at these macro concerns, looking at this macro setup, and I'm just not, I'm just not ready to make it part of a bigger bet, um, partly because of the size of the business, 1.5 trillion. It definitely is harder to grow and compound. I, I think it's easier to find a company that's, let's say, 1.5 billion to, let's say, go 10x versus something like Google. Google's not going to 10x. It could just have a very satisfactory return in the years ahead. Um, I'd be very, very, if Google 10x is from here, then I think you have to worry about your AI overlord. Uh, in that case, in which case, I'm I'm sorry, Google, and, and thank you very much, Google. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed this video, please make a point of hitting that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, and thank you so much for watching Unrivaled Investing.